This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join analyst trader Nick in the United States. Good afternoon from London. Still morning where you are. Good morning to you, Nick. Thanks, Johnny. Good to be back on the podcast with you. Let's start with the latest data uh, where you are in the United States. We've had some interesting numbers today, both consumer confidence and PMI numbers, but both of those bits of data have disappointed the markets. Yes, and the dollar was trading up this morning. It gave back some of those gains, as you mentioned, PMI numbers that came out softer than expected. A reminder to some of the newer listeners, remember that PMI numbers, a number above a reading of 50 is considered an expansion of the manufacturing or services sector, depending on the number. Today, we got manufacturing PMIs. The number came out at 47.8. That's obviously lower than 50. So it was contraction in the manufacturing section. This was compared to forecast. So analysts kind of were expecting 49.5. We got 47.8. That kicked back the dollar a little bit. But then, as you mentioned, we got more than just that. We also had the University of Michigan's consumer sentiment number. I really like this figure. I do find it to be useful. It's uh, kind of a forward looking. If you asked a bunch of people, hey, how is your spending looking for the upcoming year? How are you feeling? Are you traveling? All this sort of stuff. If you asked them a bunch of questions, it is sort of a forward looking look at the consumer. So consumer sentiment this morning was also a little bit weak. We saw a index number of 79.6 as the forecast. What actually came out was 76.9. So miss on both of those key red folders here this morning. Dollar was trading higher, gave back some of its gains. And at the time of recording, it's actually now red on the day, but kind of an interesting start to Friday. I do want to mention this was a relatively quiet week, but we have a huge week coming next week. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a moment, Johnny. But you saw oil making big moves. Interesting to see oil up between 2 and uh, 3%. I think this is largely down to this OPEC Plus meeting that we're going to see uh, in the next few days and possibly some uh, geopolitical stuff going on in the Middle East as well. There's so much to unpack here because when we first jumped on and we were talking a little bit about um, what we were going to discuss on the podcast, we were both at first like, oh, wait, so US economic reads were a little soft and yet oil's up you know, at one point today, nearing 3% at the time of recording. Um, what's crazy about that is uh, you know, cooling economic data in traditional thought would actually hurt the demand outlook for oil. But as you mentioned, there's some other key factors here. And in fact, they actually kind of lie more on the supply concern areas. Geopolitical stuff, obviously the tragic stuff that's been going on in the Middle East causes concern about the supply. If there's boycotts and sanctions and all this sort of stuff that could come further into the picture, should something escalate, obviously the market will move higher on anticipation of any bad news in that front. It's a weird thing, but um, you know, markets, they, they of course are going to trade on the information that's in front of them. And so if there's concerns about whether or not a ceasefire is going to be effective or pass and become a reality, if there's concerns about that, then usually the oil market and, and also notably in the commodities world, gold is up today as well. So you're seeing some of these concerns materialize in the price action that we're seeing 
today. And then you mentioned also, Johnny, good point there about OPEC. Of course, this is a modern day cartel to a degree that controls uh, a lot of the supply of oil. And if they choose here in the upcoming March meeting that they're going to have, if they stay strong on their supply cuts in order to continue to keep the price of oil elevated, it paints an even further supply question picture for the price of oil. So we're seeing big moves. And, and in terms of a price action um, standpoint here today, this is breaking out of a multi-month range that we've been in, uh, at least in the price of oil. So we are trading at fresh highs for you know going back until November of last year. So seeing a bit of a breakout here in the commodities world. Yeah, I was reading about the potential rise in uh, crude further. Brent crude it says here, it could break out to $95 a barrel, so edging even closer to the $100 mark. That would be quite painful, wouldn't it? When we're looking right across the world for a reduction in the cost of living, uh, inflation staying uh, lower for longer and maybe hitting that Bank of England target of 2%, a rise like that in Brent crude could scupper all those plans. We've got all the elections across the world uh, in the next few months, particularly in the United States and the UK. And the, it's going to be the economy stupid that will affect a lot of uh, voters. But if we see Brent crude going above, let's say, $100 a barrel, it could change a lot, couldn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting market, to say the least, with everything, all the forces surrounding this commodity, right? Obviously, we all rely on oil. Our whole world is built around it. If the average consumer, as you mentioned, going into an election phase, if they're paying substantially more at the pumps because a, a spike in the oil price, it will hurt votes. And so, you know, there's so many weird forces here. You have kind of the West versus the uh, West's opponents, right, with the Middle East and, and Russia and that sort of thing. There's forces there if they want to try and disrupt an election. But there's also something else we can actually look at tangibly. And that's the uh, reemergence of the Chinese economy. You know, we've talked about that in the past as well. This is another force that, to throw into the mix on potentially rising oil prices is that, that China, you know, they're looking around another political kind of opponent to the West. And if they see other you know, kind of Western nations. Look at Japan. The Nikkei hit 40,000, which is, you know, a fresh high for the last months of rallies we've seen. The Nikkei's running high. You see the Indian stock market. You see the U.S. stock market. The European stock market's doing quite well. And here's China. Their stock market's not doing nearly as well. However, has had a recent rebound. There's some stimulus that's been going on, some efforts from the Chinese government to try and bring back their economy. And if they are successful, well, the oil price is going to showcase for it as well, because of course, they are a massive demander, consumer of Brent crude oil. So there's a lot of forces here, Johnny, and it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out this year. I do have kind of my, my tinfoil hat on with the whole election stuff. If, if political opponents of the West want to disrupt elections, one of their strongest weapons would be higher oil prices to throw a wrench into everything going on here. Let's look ahead to the week to come. Plenty going on over the next uh, seven days or so. We're going to hear from Jay Powell next week, I believe. What else takes your fancy? Yes. So we do also have a big one, obviously, being the jobs numbers out of the United States on Friday. We've got the ECB doing their press conference as well. It'll be interesting to see in terms of Fed monetary policy and ECB monetary policy, are there going to be some convergences or divergences in the two? Are we going to see that kind of play out? Craig, he's not here with us here today, but him and I always discuss when it comes to the currency trading side of things. You know, what we generally are looking for is 
divergences in central banks. If they're converging, it's a little harder to find meaningful trends. But if one central bank is looking to be more hawkish and the other is looking to be more dovish, it can create some serious trends between the currency pairs. So that will be certainly something to look out for is crossing the narratives that we hear from Jerome Powell and the ECB next week. We also have jolts next week. We hear from the Bank of Canada as well. And we hear from Governor Ueda from the Bank of Japan as well. So quite a busy week next week. Not forgetting, of course, uh, Nick, uh, over here in the UK, we're going to have a budget, probably the last budget before a general election from the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt. It's going to be very interesting seeing what he has to say. We are, of course, here in the UK in a technical recession. So the square mile is looking to the Chancellor for measures that may unlock a bit more economic potential. He will want to appeal to the electorate as well, to voters, with an election coming up in the next six to nine months or so, and some suggesting there may be a tax cut in the offing. There's talk of him doing something about non-DOM status here in the UK and uh, closing that loophole. So it'll be very interesting to see what Mr. Hunt has to say and how the markets react. Yeah, absolutely. And any any sort of uncertainty, whether it be an election in the UK, the US, you know, it also has the impact of, of potentially, you know, keep an eye on gold. I, I've, I've mentioned this this year is, you know, the price of gold during election year could be quite interesting to follow. If you do get uncertainty, if you do get concern about who's going to be in office, there's this weird thing that we do as humans where people always kind of scout out the worst case scenarios. We're concerned about how bad it could get. And in that fear, that's oftentimes where we do see some real big spikes in gold. So should be interesting to see if uh, any of that plays out this year uh, with many elections, not just the US, to consider. And I should say that uh, Mr. Hunt may take steps to help boost the appeal of the London Stock Exchange, because uh, we've been losing out here to New York in uh, recent times for big name listings. And uh, One way of helping energize the valuations of companies listed in the UK and uh, giving savers a helping hand is from tax breaks to encourage individual investors to back the stock market. So again, that will be interesting to see uh, what Jeremy Hunt has planned, because uh, that could be a positive uh, for the UK stock market. Trader Nick in the United States, thanks for joining us today and have a great weekend. Thanks, Johnny. You too. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.